This episode contains explicit language. This is Pivotal Tracks, a show about musicians and the song that kickstarted their love of music. My name is Lily Detay. Um, and I picked the song Atlas Hands by Benjamin Francis Leftwich. Take me to the docks, there's a ship without a name that is sailing to the middle. Um, and a few years ago, maybe five years ago, my cousin showed it to me because we used to have this sad song swap because <laughs> we just really liked the folksy acoustic sad boy hours songs. Um, and she sent this one to me. And I don't know why it stood out to me more than any anything else that we had sent. Because we sent some pretty good songs that are very well known and like more famous than this one. Um, but it was kind of a song that I was like, I wish I had written that. Because <laughs> it just makes me so emotional every single time that I hear it. And I know that he's got other stuff, um, but I honestly don't know that much about it. Nothing else that he has done not nothing against Benjamin Francis Leftwich, but nothing else that he's done has stuck with me as much as Atlas Hands has. Um, so much so that my cousin and I were going to get a tattoo of it somewhere, and I think it's still pending. So <laughs> hopefully that happens soon because it's beautiful. But the beginning is really haunting to me because it kind of um, initially it sounds like you're going through this tunnel, and I think of it as a driving song for sure. Um, just like when it's kind of like twilight and everything's starting to wind down in the day and you're thinking, um, and I've driven to and from a lot of very important places with very important milestones in my life. And this song has just kind of been there because it came on, on my phone or for one reason or another, or it's what I wanted to listen to. Um, and it just kind of is really captivating right away. I find, uh, and a lot of songs, it takes a second to kind of get in, into it. And I didn't have that with this one. I was instantly hooked. I think everybody, when they start writing music, I think, who knows, but um, at least me, I really did start writing ballads. I think it's kind of not easier because I don't like saying that, but I think that that's people feel that the sadness or the frustration that lends itself to ballads much uh, more presently and so that's what they write about when they're first starting to write and so I was writing a lot of ballads around then too and I was also like in high school and trying to (laughs) figuring out all these like not so great parts of humanity and myself and whatever so ballads were like my shit um and then I heard this and then it kind of made me aware that not every ballad is a good ballad you know, like it takes a lot to be a really good ballad. And sometimes good ballads aren't slow even. Sometimes they're a little bit more quick and have a strumming pattern that is really beautiful, but also kind of upbeat, but still melancholy. And like there's a million ways to write a song that makes somebody feel something so intensely like that. And that's what grabbed me is like, it makes me really sad, but it also makes me really hopeful. And that dynamic um, between those two is what makes it such a good song. And so I was like, oh, shit, like, that's a good ballad. I want to write something like that. And who knows if I have. I don't know. know. (laughs) But I hope. (laughs) Or I hope someday. 
I used to do a lot is just be very blunt about the story and just very much like tell a story. And I didn't, I don't think I left much to the imagination when I was speaking about something specific. And so I don't know what Benjamin Francis Leftwich was thinking when he wrote this, but there are just so many like really great images, but I don't really like, I can see that they are connected, but I won't ever understand what his experience could be. And because of that, it's specific enough that I can picture something, but it's not so specific that I can't relate to it. And that's something I think is really important in songwriting is like, ultimately, you're writing this for a group of people who don't even necessarily care about your experience, but want to hear something that can reflect their own. And so you have to be specific enough that it's not a pop lyric that's like, let's go party and, you know, uh get in my truck and whatever, but it's not so specific that nobody can relate to it. And I think that does this really well. I mean, like there's a bunch of sea imagery and just like talking about sharing stars with a person that isn't where you are. And they're just like super simple rhymes that are beautiful and things that you would are just these very like easy rhymes, but they are crafted so well that you don't think it's lazy. Like, I will remember your face because I am still in love with that place. That's so pretty. Like, that's so pretty because we're already talking about all these different landmarks and these different places. Because then we go and we talk about a church um, and we're talking about the stars and the sea and all this stuff. And so now this person that he's speaking to is also this place. And it's a place he's always going to remember, even though that person isn't there. It's, It's like so, so beautiful. I just love it so much. I'm like, that's so smart. And I think on first glance, I would look at it and be like, okay, whatever. But the more you listen to it and the more you listen to how he says it, it's just brilliant. And so it's it's a really good example of how more complicated isn't always more uh, well-crafted. Like, I think this is extremely well-crafted and it's on its surface very simple. So I'm a huge hypocrite because <laughs> I, I don't, it takes a lot for me to care individually about an artist. I take songs as they are. So I'm not really an artist person. I'm a playlist person because then I like put all these songs together um, and then listen to the those songs when I'm in a certain mood. Which is the absolute opposite of how I want to be treated as an artist. But also, like, I can understand it. Because it's like, sometimes you don't want to just listen to one, like, one person's perspective on things. And I get that. You know? Or sometimes a song makes you feel a certain way that is most powerful in conjunction with other songs. So I think I came across other Benjamin Francis Leftwich songs because then Spotify put them into my algorithm and whatever. And I truly can't even remember the names of them. (laughs) But it's, I mean, but this is one that I have kept and carried with me for five years. And like, if somebody was like, I don't know who the hell Lily Detay is. I just know this one song by her, but it has stayed with me for this many years. And it's so important. And I kind of don't even really have any other desire to know her music. I'd be like, you know what? That's fine. Like, that's good. That's all you needed. That's what I could serve you in that way. Great. And I think it goes beyond the artist at some point, too. It's like, it's not really about Ben 
Francis Leftwich. It's about this song that he made that, and then he tossed it into the world. And like, maybe he probably doesn't even know. Maybe this isn't even one of his most famous. I truly don't know anything about him. I just know that I freaking love this song. People in the churches started singing about the hands. He said, my God is a good God. Yeah, no, I play it for sure when things are really momentous um, or when I'm feeling kind of sad. Or like I'm, you know, I'm sure I've played it like after breakups. I've played it, and I've tried to show it to people, and they don't always love it. And I think that that even more asserts that it's like my song. You know what I mean? Because then when you share somebody with something with somebody, especially when that person is intimate to you, like if you have you ever shared a song with like a significant other, and then if they love it, then it like has to become your song, and then you like split it and you share it with that person. But if they don't like it, then you can either take it as like, this is a rejection of this song, or you can be like, no, this is just mine again. And that's how it's been. Like every single time I've shown it to somebody in that way, it's always kind of just been put right back to me or like, oh, that's beautiful, whatever. And then it never goes anywhere else. And so because of that, I have a very large amount of independence when I listen to this song because I've seen how many times or how many things I've carried it through and... It's still just mine. My cousin showed it to me, but then but then I carried it. And You listen to a song, and this is not me comparing craft at all, but I think certain songs lend themselves better to just speaking to one feeling. Um, and like, I don't know, Hello by Adele, or like any of the really, I think most like very, very popular ballads that you would hear radio played, they speak to one note, because a lot of the time... like feelings sometimes aren't that complicated sometimes it's like you just are fucking sad and then you want a sad song and then like you know where to go but I think this one speaks to yeah definitely a more it's melancholy for sure I don't think you're gonna like laugh while you're hearing this song but I think there's also this little part in it that is very um driven or like optimistic and it could just be my own reflection of the independence I found in it Um, but that's what's, that's what I think I, why I can keep playing it on after a breakup, but also like on the way to an album release or also on my way home from like a really, really good show or when I'm driving somewhere for the first time or just things that are so unrelated to each other in mood, but somehow still all kind of find themselves in this song. I've got an atlas in my hands, I'm gonna turn. There are definitely times that we have very for sure emotions. Like I'm for sure angry. I think Tusk is for sure angry. There's nothing complicated about it. Tusk on the new record is just 100% anger and it will never be anything else. But then there's like, I mean, there are times that you have more than those emotions. Things are bittersweet. Like here, um, uh, I'm forgetting the name of my own song. The Great Breakthrough is very bittersweet. It's like all these ends, but also all of these things that have come out of it and rediscovering these like new things. Um, And so I try for sure because we're really complicated and it's rare, I think, that we have just these one note feelings. So I try, but I can only ever say what I'm experiencing, you know? So it could just mean nothing to a lot of other people. And that's, I mean, that's fine. 
<laughs> they need another artist then. <laughs> yes, the stuff we are putting out now is definitely much more um, pointed and upbeat, and um, it's got more production behind it than just kind of the simple acoustic stuff. Um, and I'm definitely still writing things like this. The Great Breakthrough is one of these. Um and that's still kind of my favorite thing to write because it usually ends up just being me. Um, and there, that's great sometimes, <laughs> but the, the new stuff is kind of a space I never thought that I could, or I hadn't thought that I could go before because I was young and I kept getting told I was young. And so I was, then said that I was young and then I was like, okay, we're going to grow up. We'll do the pop thing when I was like 19. And so now I think that I finally had enough one life experience for this type of music. Cause what are you going to get that angry about when you're freaking 14 or 15? You know, I mean, there's plenty of things I'm sure. And I did, but I think in my own, I wasn't ready to be that yet. And now maybe I'm not. I mean, maybe some people would say that too. Like she's 21. What a life experience has she had? But I think I've properly been able to voice it in a way that I don't find whiny, which is why all of a sudden it's coming out, you know? So the, yes, there was a change because I think my confidence rose to where you need to be to make music that's like that. But I also think... I kind of came to terms with like, there's a way to be angry and motivated and not be whiny. And I think if we had made this record any earlier, it would have just been so whiny. (laughs) I think that I have no idea where the next record is going. Um, We have started talking about it, but like, I have no clue. And it probably won't be like bite back. It might be a little bit more toned down or it could be totally like way more distorted. and There could be no ballads, you know? So I think there has to be a change between each record because then if there isn't a change, then what are you doing? You know, you haven't learned anything since the past record cycle. So I can't point a, a specific moment, but I think it was a lot of a lot to do with confidence and a lot to do with just experience and excitement to try something I hadn't before. Honestly, after the election was when things started getting really dark. <laughs> um, naturally. And I was in college and coming out of college, like I had a graduation date set. So I was like, you know, into the real world. Um, but yeah, Tusk was written on the anniversary of the election. And it was just after Trump had passed the like game hunting thing. Mm, yeah. And I was pissed. Like what a dumb thing to like, there are so many other things that I don't need to go off on it. Everybody knows it's dumb, <laughs> but I was so mad and it was a new song, November song. And I don't even remember writing Tusk. Like, it just kind of came out, and I was like, sure, this is what it is. I'm really angry. And then as I, like, reflected on it, I was like, that was, one, really fun to write. It was super fun to perform. And, like, I think that I could do more of that. And so slowly that started becoming my process. And then you start to, like, learn these. Like, you feel hunger. I Like, you kind of start to learn, like, when you need to write also. Like, if there's something that kind of seems like it's there, then you just go and you write. And so then my my writing cue ended up starting to be more around anger or just kind of frustration. And so that's where this album came. And then I taught myself, like, this is kind of the where this album's going to go. Start writing, especially when you feel these. And then every now and then there's a Bullheads or there's a Great Breakthrough or Here I'll Wait where they're not in that world at all. Um, 
But at least that's how I did it. Because I'm like, you know, you want a cohesive album. There, It's not all like they all just magically came together. Like there is definitely thought process behind it of like, we're going to make this more of a rock record. But yeah, I mean, I think Donald fucking Trump was like <laughs> the whole starting point for that. So I guess thanks, but also get out of office. <laughs> <laughs> I hate when people like talk about something and then really hype it up and then you don't have the same response because then sometimes you can get down on yourself about it. But what I will always say and what I stand by is like, thank God we all like different things because then I would be out of a job. You know, (laughs) like if everybody liked the same thing, it probably wouldn't be my thing. So there, I don't have a job anymore. So like, go like what you like and be proud of what you like and don't let people bully you for what you like. Cause that's another thing we like to do. So this is just my favorite song. It's okay if it's not yours. <laughs> I'm sure your favorite song is amazing. Um, but I just, I always feel we just need to be better about what other people enjoy. Like who gives a fuck? Lily released her second full-length record titled Bite Back. Find more info and a link to stream her new album at lilydetay.com. Lily has also recently embarked on a project called New Song November, where she writes a new song each day during the month of November. She performs the new songs live each day on her Facebook and Instagram pages. The intro and outro music is from the song Familiars by the band Stubborn Tiny Lights versus Clustering Darkness Forever, okay? You'll find all past episodes of Pivotal Tracks at anchor.fm forward slash Pivotal Tracks. There you will also find links to subscribe on your favorite podcatcher app so you can make sure you'll get the next episode right when it comes out where I'll be talking to. My name is Madison Ray. I'm a musician, songwriter, producer, actor. Pivotal Tracks is produced by me, Ben Cron. Thank you for listening. <laughs>